What's up? What's up, everybody? Hope you have all been well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the JDB podcast. So um, I went to the mountains over the weekend. We brought the dirt bikes with us. We went up to West Virginia to the Hatfield and McCoy trails. And for those of you that are into that kind of thing, uh, whether it's ATVs, dirt bikes, side-by-sides, I'd highly suggest going there. Really badass place. We had a really good time. Um, Conditions weren't exactly ideal. It was very, very cold. It was in the teens. Sunday morning was snowing, 5 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, with the wind chill. And then I I don't think it broke out of the teens Sunday. It was freezing, man. I mean, I had a bunch of layers on me. The bikes didn't want to start. The batteries were fucking dead. I mean, it, it was cold, cold. And um, I was like, you know what? We're doing this anyway. Like, we're up here. We committed to this trip. I can't control the weather. I, I definitely couldn't control it when I booked the thing a few months ago. So no matter what happens, we're going to do it. We're not folding our hand of cards. We're not going to be little bitches and pack up and go home. Because that would be the sensible thing to do. Sometimes doing what's sensible all the time and using your little bitch-ass safety crutch doesn't get the work done and it doesn't let you have the experiences in life that that are so rewarding. And it was rewarding. And my friend and I, we were both, we were in his truck uh, Sunday morning and it was freezing, man. And his heater went out in his fucking truck. So it's like, I can see my breath. We're talking to each other and we're like, you know, I don't know, man. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And I finally said, you know what, man? We can't let these kids know that this is cold and miserable. We got to act like winners, dude. We're committed to this shit and they're going to feed off our energy. So if we go up there and we bitch about the cold and we act like little pussies in front of our sons, they're going to act that way. They're going to think the sensible thing to do is load up and go home or go back to the lodge and watch movies all day or whatever. And maybe we're going to miss out on something. So we didn't do that in front of them. We had to give each other a little pep talk and, uh, and fire each other up. Good friends will do that. They don't tell you every reason you shouldn't do something. We look for any reason to be able to do something. So anyway, long story short, we rode this badass trail system Sunday. It's called the Indian Ridge uh, Trail System. Incredible riding. Had the time of our lives. Fuck the cold. You know, my face is a little bit windburned, you know, but whatever, man. It was a really good time. And, um, and I got back home Monday and I realized, you know, you just didn't give quitting. You didn't give yourself that option. And I feel like so many times we do give ourselves that option. We do look for reasons not to do something rather than any reason we can to be able to do something. And I feel like that ties a lot into, into bodybuilding and, and building a physique. But it started reminding me of this, uh, this article I wrote some time ago. And it was a while ago, so anyone that's a new follower or hasn't been to the site, which, by the way, is johndoebodybuilding.com, and I offer coaching there and uh, consults and, you know, you name it, you know, diet plans, training plans, if you want help with your nutrition or your uh, stack or whatever, I do all that stuff, johndoebodybuilding.com. But I want to read you an article I wrote, and I felt like um, it's a good article, and it was about one of these experiences I had where conditions weren't ideal. Um, but you know, we didn't give ourselves, uh, the option to, uh, to fold our hand of cards. So I'm just going to read it here. You can go on the site and read it if you want. But, uh, the article is called the campfire of life. I took my son camping up in the mountains a couple nights ago. He had been asking me about camping a lot recently and we hadn't been camping in quite some time. So I decided that nothing for the following two days is more important than going camping. 
even if it was just for one night and one full day. It was a much needed trip. I asked him the night before if he wanted to go up to the mountains and bring our bikes, and he seemed really excited about it. The day we were leaving, all hell broke loose on me. For starters, I only slept about three hours the night before due to some pop-up bullshit that happened to me. Also, I had this tire on my car that kept getting soft, and I couldn't find out where it was losing air from, so every few days I'd put air in it. The plan was to get a new set of tires, which the vehicle needed anyways, after the holidays. So I go outside that morning to put air in the tire, and a fucking valve stem breaks off on me. I thought to myself, you gotta be fucking kidding me. This shit has to happen to me today, right? So I jacked the vehicle up and put on the spare tire and head to the auto shop. Now the place I take my vehicle gives me a great deal on tires and I pay only 10% over cost, but the place is an hour drive each way. I get there at about 10 a.m. and I get a set of tires put on the vehicle along with an alignment. I end up spending a lot more time there than I thought I would and I didn't leave until after 12 noon. The night before we left, my son had asked me if I could have the car loaded up and the bikes on the rack when I picked them up from school at 2.50 p.m. I said to him, you got it, man. We'll leave straight from school to go camping. Let me tell you, there are a lot of things in life that can stretch you the hell out. But trying not to disappoint your child and stay true to your word when all hell breaks loose is a very difficult type of stress. It's very difficult for me because the last person on this planet that I'm going to lose my credibility with is my son. When I say I'm going to do something, come hell or high water, I'm going to do it. There are enough bullshit people in this world now, and I don't want to be one of them. So I rush home and pack a couple bags real quick, and I load our bikes up. I succeeded arriving to the school on time, ready to drive up to the mountains. At this point, it's after 3 p.m., and the only thing I had to eat all day long was an egg white McMuffin from McDonald's. I was starving. I was stressed out. Sometimes when the day begins with a stressful event, it almost magnifies everything else the rest of the day. Now everything seems stressful to me. And you get into the state of being overwhelmed and pissed off at everything. Oh yeah, and I also had no idea where we were going to stay until just before 12 noon that day when I found a campground with a cabin for rent. This is just one of those one-room cabins with a heater in it so it wouldn't uh, freeze us at night. So this trip was all last minute planned out of frustration for not doing it sooner. This is one of those things where my, my mentality was basically, fuck it, all bets are off and we are going. After driving for the first hour, I started to calm down a little bit, and the stress began to fade away. I talked to my son about life, and I asked him how school was going. I explained math in a way that was easier for him to understand. I talked about the size of my gas tank and the fuel mileage of my vehicle, and explained how to figure out how many miles I could drive off a tank of gas. He is nine years old, and sometimes I can spend five minutes explaining something to him that the school system fails to make sense of within an entire week of teaching. Yeah, so this I wrote this almost five years ago. Man, time flies. So I gave him scenarios with different size fuel tanks and different miles per gallon on vehicles and had him figure it out in his head. The sun was glaring off the different colored leaves on the trees, really confirming that it was fall season in the mountains. I looked out at the views and talked about fun things in life, and all my problems began to melt away. We stopped and got something to eat, and I grabbed a bunch of napkins and newspapers to help start the campfire for that night. Camping just isn't camping without a campfire, right? Now, I probably shouldn't be sharing this to anybody, but we have a little tradition that has been going on since his first camping trip with me when he was six. Whenever you go camping, it's mandatory that you drink a sip of beer. Yes, my son took his first sip of beer at six years old, and it was an IPA that was over 8% alcohol. Now, before you start thinking I'm a shitty parent, let me explain to you my theory on this. It's a bonding tool, but also something that makes drinking not as big of a deal as I get older. I wasn't going to get any beer this time, but as we got closer to the campground, my son said to me, quote unquote, 
Hey, uh, what are we doing for booze? I thought to myself, okay, I guess we cannot break tradition here. I pulled into a gas station and bought a six-pack of Coors Light. I got back on the road and listened to my nine-year-old tell me why he thought Bud Light sucked. Never in a million years would I have thought that one day I'd have a nine-year-old telling me that Bud Light sucks. I agree with him on that one. We made it to the campground and checked in, and I picked up two bundles of firewood. I knew making a campfire was going to be a real bitch this time. The area had gotten a good bit of rain earlier in the week, and it made starting a good fire a lot more difficult. I put the paper and napkins on first, then covered that with all the little dried out kindling I could find laying around the campsite. I started the fire and it began to burn the small stuff fairly quickly, but the logs were a little damp and not fully seasoned, so they just would not catch for the life of me. So now I became stressed out again and back in the same predicament as that morning, not wanting to let him down. I sat there watching that fire dying out, and I began to think about exactly what it took to get there that day. I thought to myself, you have about six hours of drive time in, money and tires, gas, food, campground fees, and you busted your fucking ass to get here this evening. You can either sit here and watch this fire go out, or you can bust your ass to make it burn. So not wanting to let my son down, I began scrounging for whatever I could come up with. I threw leaves on that fucking thing, and when they didn't take off, I spread them out so they'd burn easier. I pulled out a hatchet and began cutting my own slivers of wood from the logs as quickly as I could to keep the fire going. He said to me, I can do that while you gather more tree limbs. So I told him to use a hatchet and don't let the fire burn out. We became desperate to keep that fire from burning itself out. At that point in time, getting that motherfucking fire burning was all that mattered. Now, I'm stressing the hell out worrying about whether he's going to have a good time or not over a campfire. And he's having a blast just trying to help me get it burning. As God is my witness, we worked for the next 45 minutes to an hour to get a steady fire burning. But in the end, we got it going. He then said to me, now what do you want to do? I said, I'm having a freaking beer. So we stood there looking at our fire and drank a beer together. I don't think a beer had ever tasted so good after that day. And I needed one. He had a few sips. It was really no big deal. After all, it's tradition and mandatory if you're going camping with me. I could have sat there and watched that campfire burn out. The easy thing to do would be to sit there and blame the wood and the conditions for why you couldn't get your fire started. The hard thing to do would be to bust your ass and do whatever it took to get your fire going. And once that fire gets going, it makes other small things that normally wouldn't burn well burn a lot easier. That campfire is your life. You can sit there and watch it burn out, or you can bust your ass to get that fire started and keep it going. I don't care how bad you wish, pray, and hope for that wood to begin burning. If you just sit there and just wait for it, then it's going to die out. We then went to bed since it was getting late and I was exhausted. And we had a big day of mountain biking ahead of us the next day. Or so I thought. Now, one of the biggest reasons that I picked out this destination for our trip was because there was a bike park that he wanted to go to. This is one of those parks with a bunch of banked walls, jumps, obstacles to ride your bike over. Yes, I was going to try to be a BMX rider that day also. I looked at this park online beforehand and it said they'd be open on Saturday. The sun was out. It was supposed to be over 60 degrees that day and it was going to be a perfect day for it. When we got there, I walked inside the office to check in and pay. And these hippies tell me that the place isn't open yet. One of them's like, hey man, yeah, so we need to check the tracks out and make sure they're drying off. So yeah, man probably check back in about an hour we'll definitely be open today because we have a birthday party showing up is that cool man so i figured that i'd be uh i figured i'd drive to a nearby trail system and we would ride a trail there and then return to the bike park 
I had to be careful which trail I picked out because he still rides a single speed and steep climbs just wouldn't be fun for him. So we rode this one trail and it was slicker now shit. But it wasn't a big deal because the bike park would be open soon and we would just ride there. Nope. We return back to the bike park and I get the same bullshit line again. Hey man, so I don't know if it's going to happen today or not. You may want to call back in a couple more hours and check back with us. Let me back up here for a minute. So the place is an adventure center with other activities, which is why they were still open for that day. I'm just thinking to myself, you hippie son of a bitches just love wasting people's fucking time, don't you? I drove all the way up here. It's the one thing he was wanting to do today, and now you're fucking with my time. The fucking place didn't even look damp, but I'm assuming it's a liability rule of not being able to open unless it's dry as the fucking Sahara Desert. I told them that they needed to update that kind of shit on their website because now I have a disappointed kid. So we get back into the car, and I look at his face, and he looks totally let down. I thought to myself, son of a bitch, man, now what? Hey, I got an idea, I said to him. There's this really badass mountain here, and it's really high, and it's awesome. It's an awesome hike with great views. You'll love it. Let's try that out. So that was my plan B. We would ditch the mountain bike idea, and I'd pull up Google Maps and search the fastest route to the park on the mountain with the trails. The day didn't have to be a letdown. Fuck those hippies. So I drove over 50 miles to try to get to this place. On the last road I turned onto, there was a sign that said, Pavement Ends. And that sign was pretty damn last second. As soon as I saw that sign, it went straight to dirt and potholes and me yelling, Fuck, fuck, fuck. But those three fucks weren't the end of my rant. Because what had happened next, it made me want to kill somebody. I drove up to a locked gate to prevent access for the final two miles of my drive. Nothing was online about the road being closed. I'm assuming there was still ice at the top. Something I was totally unaware of, nor had even thought of, with it being over 60 degrees outside. Motherfucker. So now we'd been in a vehicle most of the day, had done little riding, and I knew he was even more disappointed than before. I could just see the look of disappointment go all over him. Damn. I thought to myself, Jesus H. Christ, what the hell's wrong with this trip? Can a single fucking thing go right for me on this trip? I'm sitting in the car, staring at a locked gate, trying to think of what to do next. But you know what I was really staring at? I was staring at the campfire of life. So now it was almost 3 p.m., and I knew that we only had a couple hours before the sun would go down. There was a small town about an hour away. They had a nice trail system that went through other small towns and alongside plenty of scenic things. It's a really big attraction. I always wanted to ride there. There wouldn't be any steep climbs. It would be impossible to climb with a single-speed bike. Maybe even with just an hour to ride bikes before dark, it would somehow make the situation better. I pulled off, put another $50 with the gas in my vehicle, and headed in that direction. My only plan being to ride that path and pull something out of thin air to make the trip worthwhile. Somehow, some way. I think of things on the way there and hopefully come up with something. On the way to the bike path, I passed a racetrack. It was one of those dirt car tracks, and I hadn't been to one of those things in about 30 years. My dad used to take me to watch those races. I called the track to see if anything was going on that evening, and there was. This would be the turning point of all the fucked up dilemmas that trip. I said to him, hey, you want to go watch a race after we ride bikes? These cars are sort of like cars from the Mad Max movies you like. You'll love it. So we get to the path and ride our bikes down it. It was really cool and there was plenty to see. At one part, a train went over the top of us and the bridge was a bridge where you could see through it and look at the bottom of the train passing over your head. This is something that neither one of us has seen before. His mood had quickly changed into a much more positive one. Mine had changed too. So after riding for an hour, we drove to the track. As soon as we walked up the stairs and saw the racing, his face lit right up. He had a smile from ear to ear and stood at the fence to get as close as possible to the cars going by. 
Oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever, he said to me. Yeah, they're just like Mad Max cars, aren't they? We stayed for the next few hours, standing in the cold, watching the races. We then left the track and to head back home, a three-hour drive still ahead of me. He fell asleep about 20 minutes into the drive, and I listened to old Christmas music on the radio as I drove home. Plan C. The very last plan, out of sheer desperation, was the winner. Plan C was doing everything I could to get that campfire going again. Nothing great in my life ever came from some master plan. The greatest things in life came from struggling to keep that fire from burning out. These great things came from not throwing in the towel, no matter what. You're going to have to kill me in order to make me stop. I could either sit here and watch this fire die out, or I could keep going. I could push at locked doors. Which one will finally open for me? Throwing leaves into a fire in a desperate attempt to make it burn. Pushing with everything I have at what directly lies in my way. You will not defeat me. I will build this fire and you will see it burn bright. Life will not defeat me. I'm going to build a fire on this cold, dark night. So, you know, I wrote that because I was motivated to write. And when I'm, when I'm motivated from life experiences, you know, the ideas are fresh in my mind. And I was reminded of that article last weekend when once again, we were in conditions that weren't ideal, but we just made it happen. And I thought about how much this actually ties into bodybuilding. When the fuck is anything right? When are conditions ever ideal, right? When is a diet ever perfect? There's no such thing as perfect dieting. You try your best, you try to be consistent, and you do whatever you can to make it happen. And it takes sacrifice. It takes saying, hey, I'm going to be stronger than that than, than to go out for lunch at work, uh, you know, with, with everybody else at 12 noon. <clears throat> I'm going to be stronger than to fall asleep before I hit my last meal of the day. I don't want to do that shit. I don't want to go scramble those egg whites at 1130 at night when I should have been in bed an hour ago. And you start saying to yourself, well, what's more important, you know, that I, that I get my beauty sleep or, um, you know, that, that I that I hit my meals, and then you start mind-fucking yourself. You start telling yourself every reason that you can't do something. Instead of having that winner mentality, it's like, yo, I will do anything for this, man. And you got to understand something. When you build that body, when people see a body of fucking work, they see a warrior. They see somebody that, that, that's a hard motherfucker, man. Not just in the gym, but at life. And part of being a hard motherfucker is there sometimes where you just can't give yourself that option to fucking quit, okay? You can't fold the hand of cards before you see the flop. And I see everyone else, everywhere I look, man, people are folding their fucking hand of cards. People are being fucking weak. And I'm telling you right now that you can be stronger than that, but it all starts with your mentality. Good bodies aren't made from the perfect fucking stack. Good bodies aren't made from the perfect ideal conditions and all the time in the world to go to the gym and then fuck off the rest of the day and sleep. That's not what makes a good body. Good bodies are made by that fucking switch that everybody has the ability to turn the fuck off or on and say, I'm going to do this fucking shit, man. I'm going to do this because you know why? Because you might not be here tomorrow. Do you want your last day on earth to be a bitch, to be a quitter? Or do you want one of your last possible days to, to, to be when you were a fighter. You were a fucking warrior, man. You know, some of the most memorable things in my life came from shit fucking circumstances. Times when I didn't have the money to eat. I remember one time I had to go four or five days, man. I had some eggs. I had a bag of potatoes, a couple cans of corned beef hash, and maybe some tuna fish. And you know what I said to myself? Looks like I'm dieting this week. It's time to fast. 
and I was a little bit leaner at the end of the week. I turned a negative into a fucking positive, and I'll do it time and time and time and time and time again until I'm fucking dead. That's how I live. I say John Doe bodybuilding. Bodybuilding for the every man. It is for the every man, but every man is not, they don't have that same mentality. I'm trying to tell you how to get it, man. Don't give yourself that option. There is no fucking quit. Genetics, genetic, I don't have the best genetics. I don't have the worst genetics, but I was 140 pounds when I first started doing push ups. And I started doing push ups because I didn't know how to do anything else. I didn't know shit about building muscle. I didn't even know what some exercises worked. I didn't know lifting weights over your head worked your shoulders. I didn't know what a rear delt raise was. I didn't even know I had to train legs. I didn't even know about eating. I just thought the more I worked out, the more muscles I'd get. And you know what? Not ideal conditions, not the right amount of knowledge, and I still built 30 plus pounds of muscle mass my first year of training because I kept at it and I didn't give quitting a fucking option. So what I talk about here is, is, is anything in life. But it's especially building your physique. It really is, man. And I see so many people that are looking for every reason not to do something. Every fucking reason not to do something. And I'm telling you right now, I bet if you sat down and you really thought about it and you were really honest with yourself, you could say, hey, you know what? I can. I can. Everybody now talks about everything that's wrong with the world. Oh, just the cost of groceries, the cost of groceries, and then the jobs. The jobs aren't paying enough, and the government, and the taxes. And it's like, aren't we getting sick of this shit? Doesn't this get old? You're having the same conversations with everybody else that has a loser fucking mentality that, that again, they're folding their hand a card. I just can't do it. It's not meant for me. I just can't do it. If you got to hang out alone to get away from that shit, then fucking damn it, hang out alone. I mean, I can hang out alone and motivate myself better than all the rest of these assholes, most of them. So anyway, that's the podcast for today, all right? That's the campfire life. You can sit there and you can let that shit burn out and do nothing, or you can do everything possible to get that fire burning. And once that fire burns, once you get it going, it's going to heat up anything you throw in it, whether the shit's wet whether the the, the the timber's green and not seasoned, what, whatever. It's going to burn every fucking thing that you throw at it. But you got to get that fire hot enough. And you might be able to do it in a week. It might take a month. It might take some lifestyle adjustments. But I believe that everybody listening to this, okay, if you stumble on this podcast, that you have an interest in building muscle, that you have a serious passion for wanting to get in shape. And I'm telling you right now, get can out of your fucking head. That's the campfire life.